You are listening to ACPN. Video, this is Russ. Do you have that one with that guy who was in that movie that was out last year? <sighs> Hello and welcome to the Emerald City Video Podcast. This is not an episode of the new release. Well, I know you're all shocked. It's okay. <clears throat> Gasp. Uh, in fact, Zach and I are essentially rewarding ourselves for that two and a half hour uh, epic award show where we <laughs> talked and talked and talked and talked about new releases. Yes. By uh, diving back into our childhoods and talking about uh, some some fun comedies from the '80s, yeah. Uh, so tonight we're going to be talking about the Michael Keaton film Johnny Dangerously, <laughs> yes, and uh, the Weird Al Yankovic Opus UHF. Uh, one thing that I'll, I'll say up top is comedy ages poorly, almost always. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I you don't need to look any further than. You know, Louis C.K. or uh, Seinfeld's own Michael Richards uh, for that. Uh, Or rather, UHF's own Michael Richards. (laughs) True, true. Um, But uh, thankfully, he's so unrecognized. Like, yeah, I I have to constantly remind myself that it is Michael Richards because not only he's playing, it's a Kramer esque, you know, arms flailing around sort of thing, but he's, he looks so different to me. He really does. He's like a different person. So, yeah. Uh, but, uh, so, so it's kind of a, it's one of those things. This is, it's always rare to find a movie that ages pretty well and that's still funny and still whatever later. Yeah. And I think in both of these cases, uh, that, that holds true. I think the reason for, for it in both cases is the, the absurd nature of the comedy in it, you know, kind of like, I I think that Rick and Morty will age better than community. Uh, you know, Both are by Dan Harmon. Both have a similar sensibility, but the total kind of absurdity of Rick and Morty versus the relative topicality of community. Yeah. I mean, you can even see that with Johnny Dangerously and UHF because UHF is very much a movie of its time from the idea of owning an analog broadcast station to (laughs) movie and song parodies of things that were very much like mid to late 80s. Yeah, yeah. And didn't and not everything made it through. Like obviously, I had to think about the things, like rewatching it, like thinking about the things that I I would know offhand as my like. That's my the, you know UHF is both of ours. It's it's our reference base. Like yeah, exactly. The way that like maybe I mean obviously Monty Python is too, but like people who are like maybe ten years or something like that, young or older than us have Monty Python as theirs, and then maybe you know, some people after us are like, I don't know what mad TV or something. Uh, but <laughs> I'm sorry to those people. Yes. Uh, but no, you're right. I mean, a lot of, because of our age, we were, you know, eight or nine when this movie hit theaters. And so f- a lot of the things that are referenced in this movie, yeah. we became familiar with because they were in UHF before we watched them or yeah. listened to them or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I can tell you right now, the first time I watched Close Encounters of the Third Kind and there was the mashed potato scene, I was like, oh, my God, that's from UHF. <laughs> I always love that. It's like half of my Monty Python. Like, you know, I watched Monty Python as a kid. Like, I actually, like, my aunt had half the tapes or whatever. So, like, like I watched that, like, before I watched, 
like at the same time I watched Mr. Rogers uh, yeah. sort of thing, which is why I'm probably a twisted human being. But, um, but, uh, um, but yeah, no, it's the same thing where it's like, wait, they were referencing that. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's fun. Uh, but yeah, so the, the basic premises of these movies, uh, Johnny dangerously, uh, stars Michael Keaton as Johnny. What is it? Flynn? Ellie. Elliot. Ellie. Like Michelle. Oh, Kelly, 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 Kelly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Johnny Kelly, who uh, I was going for Irish mob names, and yeah. uh, <laughs> who is recruited as a child to be a bag man for the mob and rises up to run his own crime family without ever disclosing his true name to his fellow gangsters. Yep. Uh, this this becomes problematic when his brother becomes the district attorney who makes a name for himself by going after organized crime. And so Johnny dangerously has to constantly tell his fellow gangsters why it's a bad idea to go kill district attorney Kelly. <laughs> yes. Uh, meanwhile, uh, UHF is a film wherein uh, George Newman, who is basically exactly what you would expect from a character by weird Al Yankovic yeah. uh, becomes the manager of a small UHF station in an undisclosed town, which uh, apparently they shot it in Oklahoma so, you know, maybe it's there. But uh, where uh, his his uh, uncle had won it in a poker game and he needs somebody to run the place. And he ends up in essentially a war with the network affiliate in town because the totally absurd things that George and his partner Bob put on the television managed to attract so much attention that they become the number one station in town. Uh, and yeah... Both of these movies are movies that uh, if you watch them, you'll see just face after face after face of being like, oh, that's that guy. Oh, that's that guy. You know, uh, in, in Johnny Dangerously, you get uh, Joe Piscopo and uh, Peter Boyle and Danny DeVito. In UHF, there's Fran Drescher from The Nanny, Michael Richards from Seinfeld, Victoria Jackson from SNL, uh, before Richards and Jackson were outed as homophobes and things. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so it, both of these movies are, are, are kind of strange, surreal humor almost. I mean, and not really surreal, I guess, but absurdist humor. Uh, you know, you, you draw the, the comparison to Monty Python. I think that's probably fair because you get a lot of things that's like wordplay humor. You know, the very first joke in Johnny Dangerously is uh, – uh, a caption comes up on the screen saying 1933 or whatever the year is. And then a car drives right through the caption and crushes it into little pieces all over the road. And somebody shouts. Um, one of the first gags in, in uh, UHF, meanwhile, is a lengthy, probably four minute parody of the opening scene from Indiana Jones and the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, except that in this case, the, mouth of the cave does not stop the boulder and it chases him across the entire country and then flattens him again these are probably movies i've seen uhf probably a hundred times in my life and uh and probably the most recent time i saw it was not that long ago because shout factory put it out on blu-ray a few years back and sent me a, a freebie yeah nice uh it is also uh Johnny Dangerously, I don't believe, is streaming anywhere. I bought a DVD so that we could talk about it for the podcast. Uh, however, UHF is streaming a bunch of places. Uh, I don't 
know if it's on Netflix or not. I think it it's, is. Uh, it's it's not. I actually searched first. Uh, it's on. Uh, I know it's on Google Play. Or I'm sorry. No, it's on. Uh, um, it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime, and it's also part of Vudu's uh, free with ads program. Oh, cool. Uh, I have to figure out what the heck happened to my copy because I, I could have sworn I owned a digital copy on Amazon, which should have uh, through movies anywhere like distributed out to my various services, but I had to go on Amazon prime to watch it without a bet without ads. Yeah. Uh, but in any event, uh, you can get UHF uh, easily and free as long as you have uh, one of those two services. Obviously voodoo is free to sign up for and uh, you can get their free things because you know, they're ad supported. So, yeah. so all you'd have to do is literally have an account and you can get their free stuff uh, no matter what. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it with the context that these are things we've seen a bunch of times, uh, what were your thoughts? I guess we can start with Johnny Dangerously because we watched that last night and then we, uh, we rewatched UHF today. Yeah. Johnny, uh, Johnny Dangerously didn't, um, it, it's about at 75% of what I thought I remembered it being on the <laughs> funny level. Um, and but I'm not quite sure how much that was. I, I, I feel like I've seen it. like we were, we were talking about it when it was literally on um, because there was uh, uh, the fact that I think the com like comedy central had it on and it was just on all the time. Yeah. And which started out being great uh, because it's, it's one of those movies that like no one really heard of. And so yeah. I was vaguely evangelical about it. Be like, Oh no, my God, you got you, It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, it had a, like a 50, 50 shot, whether people loved it or not, because I think it's one of those, like you're completely disinterested in or you're into it. Um, yeah. And like, I remember it being like gaspingly funny. Um, and like the, the most recent um, when, when we watched it that night, like I laughed. And then one of the problems is like, I know when all the jokes are hitting, yeah. And, yeah the memorization point and like the jokes work. And um, I think part of the problem was, is that uh, the other two people in the room would be named were just on their cell phones for the most yeah. part. And so it's one of those, it's like, it's a community, like it's, I think it's one of those, especially when it's a, uh, and this is, goes for kind of almost any movie when you're really excited about it. Like if other people in the room, like aren't really into it too, it's yeah. like, um, I mean, it did. I mean, there was a ton of jokes that hit for, for everybody in the room, but um, yeah. you know, but um I think that uh, it, it just it, it just maybe drained a little bit much uh, with the like I was just continually watching it whenever because it's just you know yeah, it's yeah. it's one of my like it was one of my like go to like oh it's on TV I'm gonna watch this and yeah and anybody who grew up around the same time as us knows how that goes because yeah. yeah. Comedy Central used to be basically the same five movies on a constant loop because they didn't, they couldn't, when they first started, yeah. they couldn't seem to afford original content. Yeah, yeah. So it's like if you, if you, if you watched Comedy Central back then, you've seen this movie and, uh, oh God, PCU and, you know, a yeah. bunch of stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it's worth, worth mentioning that this is, uh, <clears throat> this is the second movie from director Amy Heckerling. Uh, she is best known for her first movie, which is Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, shit. Uh, which I always forget she directed because Cameron Crowe, who wrote that movie, became an incredibly accomplished director in his own right. Mm -hmm. uh, after this, she did European Vacation, the Look Who's Talking trilogy, 
uh, one of which has the distinction of having a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> uh, or no, no, no. Actually, she did not direct that. She just produced yeah. it. Um, <laughs> sorry, the, one she the ones that she directed have at least 14%. Yeah. Uh, but she wrote and directed Clueless as well. Uh, and then Wait, she uh, just did the, or she did. Oh yeah. She wrote. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I was looking at it. And also the TV show. That's why I was like, Wait a minute, Oh yeah. The TV show or did she do, uh, which, Oh, I forgot that it ran that long. Um, yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. Um, uh, but she also, uh, uh, she hasn't done feature films in a while now. Uh, she'd been getting kind of diminishing returns ever since clueless. Yeah. Uh, and, but so she's been doing a lot more TV. She did, uh, in addition to the Clueless show, she did The Office, Gossip Girl, Carrie Diaries, Suburgatory, and Rake, all of which were like, you know, B minus to A minus kind of shows that, yeah. you know, obviously The Office being the longest running and best of them. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so it's it's interesting looking at this in the context of being an Amy, Amy Hackling movie because I feel like the fact that it was not a huge commercial success, the fact that it was not a huge critical success probably buried the movie very early because it was the second movie of a director who had made her debut with fast times, which, you know, is essentially uh, even at the time and a set and certainly now, you know, 40 years later or whatever it is yeah. it, like a comedy staple. Yeah. Um, and so, but uh, this is a very, very different sense of humor than Fast Times. Like I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is a. Uh, it's funny because I, 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 I said to you, do, you, do we want to watch for the second half of the episode? Do we want to watch UHF or the Dream Team because the Dream Team has Peter Boyle and Michael uh, Keaton in it, yeah. and uh, UHF has a similar sensibility. Uh, and Weird Al did the the theme song for Johnny Dangerously. Yeah. And we went with UHF, and I think it was a good decision because I feel like the difference between the two would have yeah. been just a really kind of huge gap watching this in the Dream Team because the Dream Team is is a good movie and it's a strong comedy, but it's also one of those movies that very much kind of takes place in a version of the world that could exist as opposed to Johnny Dangerously, where it's like, it's yeah. a farcically over the top version of a golden age of Hollywood movie, which by our current standards are already pretty over the top. Yeah, yeah. It's also, yeah, I mean, also the, you know, I mean, like the side gags and that sort of thing, the kind of, yeah. the, the idea, because I mean, one thing I forgot, I was just like, wait, oh yeah, like UHF, and obviously other comedy comedians have done you know in movies and stuff like that but i mean uhf like really makes me think about like family guys whole bit yeah. of the the side you know like they're they're cut the cutaway gag and um you know i mean simpsons did it and that sort of thing but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. family guy kind of made a like a thing of it like people not only know it what it's called what it is and like how it's yeah. developed and and they've gotten to the point that they've even made jokes about what happens two different sets of joe i've just seen recent episodes yeah two different times they made jokes about <clears> what <throat> when the cutaway gag is happening <laughs> yeah um and so like it's like which is basically the the kind of the premise of uhf um and um and there's like a bit of that kind of idea um, yeah with um with johnny dangerously yeah i also uh I, I gotta say just as we're dipping into uhf that the 
you look at UHF and you compare it to similar things like, you know, Family Guy or even like Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah. And one of the reasons that I think UHF ages better than those other things is because it's really, really sharp editing. Like it, it's a, it does a really good job of making all those random asides feel pretty organic. Yeah. Uh, even the Rambo thing, which uh, from what I understand was added in post. Huh. Um, I don't know what they would have originally done yeah. in that scene, but uh but so I, I went and I looked up the uh, uh, Dennis M. O'Connor, who is the editor on this movie. Yeah. Just to say, like, what has he done? Because he's got to be pretty good. And it's like, he's done nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he had a long career. His last feature was in 2015. And it might still not be over because bet- before 2015, his previous feature was 2011. Yeah. Uh, but he started his career in 1979 doing after school and weekend specials on ABC. Yeah. And as, as I'm kind of flipping through this thing, it's like, there's, there's literally nothing in his entire, uh, resume that was a hit. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, that, that actually, that's not true. Uh, he edited Prancer. Oh, uh, which was the same year as UHF. And so I would, I would hazard a guess that 1989 was commercially the best year for Dennis O'Connor. Yeah. I mean, it probably, I mean that, that we're looking at is probably, it's the fact that the director of UHF is, uh, is the guy that's all that he's done is weird Al. Like, yeah. You look, yeah. At his, you look at his career and that's it. Um, and he's done music videos and everything like that. So he's actually weird uh, Al's agent. Oh, okay. Wow. That's a, double <laughs> yeah yeah uh, I, I might be wrong but i really don't think i am because i remember emailing him to try and get information about something when weird al was coming to comic-con yeah uh but yeah so that, that i mean certainly i think that's part of it is that and also uh, to be honest with you uh the fact that they probably brought in people who were cheap because uh orion was going out of business at the time Uh, actually one of the things, if you look at, first of all, uh, because there's a really good commentary track on the 2002 DVD that shout factory put out, which was carried over to the Blu-ray. So if you can get this movie, get it because the the commentary alone is worth the 10 bucks. Yeah. But, uh, there's a great commentary that's really informative on that. And one of the things that's a piece of trivia on IMDB that comes off of that trip, that commentary track is, uh, between the time when this movie wrapped production and when they went into theaters, yeah. Orion declared bankruptcy. <laughs> and so the, the PR budget for this movie was basically zero. Oh, and yeah. so like this movie was already going to have a hard time making money because it was 1989. And that was the year that we got uh, last crusade and ghostbusters two and Batman and yeah. just a bunch of stuff. But uh, the fact that not only was it up against a bunch of blockbusters, but there was literally no advertising for it because it was, it, it, you know, the studio was trying to keep their head above water. Yeah. And then it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, this movie made $7 million at the theater on a $5 million budget, <laughs> uh, which is one of those like, yeah, you, when you're, when you make less than $20 million, half of your take goes to the exhibitors. Yeah. So it's not like green lantern where they made enough money that the movie was still like at least kind of profitable for Warner brothers because yeah. you know, you don't have to give the entire $80 million to the exhibitors. Yeah. Uh, 
but like in a movie that that made this little money it's like yeah half that money went to the exhibitors which means it did not make money um yeah and and same thing probably with johnny dangerously i don't know the numbers on that one because i haven't i i like johnny dangerously i haven't watched in years i i've always enjoyed the movie but i've never been like a big fan like i am with uhf yeah and so uh uh, if I had to guess, I would think it probably had a similar situation financially. I don't think it made a ton of money. It it did not do uh, huge numbers because yeah. I've been I've been a fan of this since I pr- I think I saw it in I think I saw it in theaters. Like right when right, I mean April, you would have no, been four. No no no, unless, no I, didn't, I did not yeah. then I did not but I saw it very very early like yeah. Um, I don't know uh, what it would have been VH. probably on your answer beta yeah. or something yeah yeah beta yeah, yeah. but. Um, uh, uh, I, I will say, uh, I don't know how the reviews actually were back in the day, uh, on, on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 44%, but that has to be, uh, there's a, there's a big asterisk there because there's only 16 reviews Yeah. because obviously reviews do not actually, you know, yeah. They aren't a priority for news organizations. Looking at the the, the featured critics <laughs> uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, the only one that is from a recognizable outlet is Paul Atanasio from the Washington Post, and I don't know Paul Atanasio at all. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, Ebert gave it um, gave it two stars, um, and literally. Uh, which is not necessarily wrong, uh, but um, not not on the stars, I think at least. But but uh, he he opens his uh, review with the opening scenes of Johnny Dangerously are so funny, you, uh, you just don't see how they can keep keep it up. And you're right, they can't. <laughs> but they make a real try. The movie wants to do uh, for gangster films what Airplane did for Airport and Top Top Secret did for spy spy movies, which I think. Yeah, he's definitely not wrong. Um, but, Although uh, I will say that this movie, uh, looking back at this movie, it 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 ages much better than Top Secret. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Yeah. Um, even though, but Airplane or uh, Air, uh, yeah, Airplane does. You know, yeah, still, Air, Airplane uh, remains a classic of the yeah. of the kind of. But, but I mean, it's, I, it's, yeah, it's just funny when you look at at a review like that, and it's like. They hold up something like Top Secret, which I, I don't think anybody's watched in twenty years. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I and I doubt that. Uh, and uh, I always wonder too because I'm like I also doubt that Ebert gave that a good review. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably not. Although in the context that he says it, where yes. it's like this, you know, it I did this it, to this. It. It's, a, it's like a, an objectively true thing, whether or not he would want to admit it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so both of these movies are things that fall into the category of kind of underappreciated in a lot in their time. Uh, both of them became cult hits as a result of uh, home video and cable. Yeah, uh, I do think Johnny Dangerously, even by the time it hit Comedy Central, had already kind of risen in esteem among movie people. Uh, you know, I, I remember it being a, a movie that I watched on VHS before it ever came to Comedy Central. Yeah. But I, I, I do think that it's interesting. Uh, UHF was something that, that became a hit on home video in the same way Mallrats did. Yeah. It was like, I didn't get a chance to see this. The trailer looked good, and holy crap, it, it, it pays off. Yeah. Whereas with Johnny Dangerously, I feel like uh, it was it became more valuable to the exhibitors because of 
home video, but it really wasn't until cable that it became a cult classic. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> uh, which, I mean, sure. it, it's interesting because that doesn't really happen anymore because nobody watches TV the same way. Yeah. Uh, uh, recently, I was watching uh, another one of, I think we mentioned him last time, uh, uh, Patrick Willems uh, did a, a video essay on a Christmas story. Oh, yeah. Yep. And I was recently watching that, and it was basically about how it became a Christmas classic basically by being rammed into the homes of people because it was cheap for uh, for TBS to exhibit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is probably what happened with Johnny Dangerously and UHF because I, I, I don't know who distributed Johnny Dangerously, actually, I look. But I do know that uh, it was MGM and Orion who – uh, distributed uh, UHF, which means that there's a pretty good chance it was wrapped up in that same Time Warner thing where they bought a lot of MGMs. This was Fox, and so... Yeah. Uh, but... But yeah, I mean, uh, in, in both movies, you have some really great performances. I will say that both movies have really over-the-top performances by most of their leads. Um, yes, thankfully. And, and <laughs> I would say it's it's funny. Uh, most of the time when you have a wildly over-the-top performance, you have a straight man somewhere. Yeah. Like, even Airplane, uh, you have – I can never remember the guy's name, but the guy who played the dad on Homeward Bound, who was the co-pilot, um, where yep. he, he was still – kind of zany but he was clearly a much more grounded character than most of the people around him yeah and he would react to things mostly in a way that like real people would react to the insanity yeah uh <laughs> there, there really isn't anybody like that in these movies like you look at uhf especially it's like you have bob who feels like a straight man because things happen to him yeah. but he really accepts this world and <laughs> yeah, like you know, uh, and and you have like the girlfriend who seems to have like her head on straight, uh, but when she call like when she calls George to break up with him, like that yeah. totally fucking absurd dress that she's wearing, <laughs> it's like no human has ever worn that willingly. <laughs> I mean, you kind of have. Uh, I mean, in UHF, you have kind of have Kevin McCarthy, R.J. Fletcher, the station, the. Um, uh, channel five channel, whatever, uh, channel, uh, the kind of the, yeah, the channel. yeah, but he's, he's more the, just the kind of the, the, the foil, the, not even the foil, he's the asshole. And yeah, he's yeah. like, like there, you know, I mean, there's, there's a pinnacle scene where he's like, no, I'm not going to finish this. I'm going to make a speech about how terrible yeah, you are. Yeah, exactly. And it gives a, you know, to the entire town <laughs> and like gives yeah. the opportunity for, you know, uh, for weird Al and, uh, which I, I'm actually even surprised that he used, he used to think, whether he just didn't go for Al Yankee yeah, in, yeah. in the film, but well, um, you know why? Yeah. Um, it's funny. Uh, a lot of, there's a lot of weird, there's a lot of uh, mad magazine in this movie. Yeah. And so George Newman is named after Alfred E. Newman, the mascot for Mad. So. Uh, there's actually there's a Mad magazine poster in Bob's apartment. Yep. And Uncle Nutsy's Clubhouse, which George hosts before it becomes Stanley Spadowski's Clubhouse, yeah. is actually the name of a feature in Mad magazine that Weird Al is particularly fond of. <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, so it's it's kind of fitting that like 15 years after this movie came out, back in 2015, he actually was the first ever celebrity editor or like guest editor of Mad Magazine. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just noticing uh, on one of the uh, looks like it would have been a VHS cover. Um, flies higher than airplane loaded with more gags than naked gun. <laughs> so <laughs> literally, um, <laughs> literally that critics just like, fuck you. Leslie. <laughs> well, I think that I it don't think it's a, uh, a critic. I think it's their tagline. <laughs> like oh. it's their like promo part of the thing on it because it doesn't have nice. a, at least it doesn't have a blurb or anything like that. Uh, yeah. like the, uh, um, right. Riot, riotorily, riotorily hilarious is the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the, yeah. uh, the one that I, the, the poster that I used to have, which is, uh, it, it was in an, it was not a theatrical poster, but it was the video poster, like video yeah. store poster. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's crazy. It's zany. It's hysterical. It's TV, according to weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> uh, and then it's just like the UHF logo in the middle. And there's like a bunch of the programs around it, including by the way, the last shot of the movie. <laughs> um, nice. And then like a program listing, which I can't read for the most part, but it's, yeah. it's basically, it's literally just the things that you're, that are on the cover of the VHS. It's yeah. Raiders of the Fallen Arches, Almost Rambo, Town Talk with George, Conan the Librarian, Wheel of Fish, Gone with a Whim, and Gandhi 2. Uh, I, I will say as far as their asides, as far as their, like the, the TV shows and stuff like that, there are very few misses in this movie, which I think is part of why it they don't feel as obnoxious as something like Family Guy. Yeah, no. Uh, I, I they're, they're not, and they're not. Um, I mean, one of the problems with Family Guy is that they they've they very quickly became self aware about the cutaways. Yeah, and yeah. like like they have the the continual joke where I'm trying to remember what country music star they actually cut away to the video of. Uh, oh like uh conway conway twitty yeah yeah um and so like that like they'll do for like there's an acceptable amount and then they'll do twice as twice as much of that uh to the kind of like ah fuck you you were having to do you know we're gonna make you be awkward and uncomfortable because huh um which I think is a fantastic bit for them because, you know, I'm sure that however much that generic footage of Conway Twitty costs, it's much cheaper than animation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like even if they can save like another 10 seconds to be like, holy shit, we just saved a hundred thousand dollars. Um, <laughs> like, and that footage only cost us five. <laughs> and, and the production time because animation is time consuming. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. But, um, but yeah, but anyway, but uh, um, yeah, no, all of them, you know, I, I think all almost at least all, almost all of them, uh, you'd be fine with having like a much longer, like a full length Saturday Night mm-hmm. Live level bit on, uh, which is something, you know, not something you can necessarily say for Saturday Night Live usually, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I think in both, in both these films, you have the thing where th- this was the eighties uh, film stock was expensive. Movies were generally shorter. And so these bits don't run long. And, and, and part of that, I think, is, you know, price and blah, 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 blah. Part of it is also just our sense of humor. Because, again, like you, when you point out that some of this stuff is really awkward, it's like, yeah, that, that's by design. Because Family Guy exists in a post-the-office world, you know, where there's, there's a certain 
school of comedy that just banks on making you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and that didn't exist in the way that it does. And, and, and so most of these, like I, I, there's really nothing I can think of in, in UHF that went too long. And, and like with, with, with Johnny dangerously, there's nothing that goes long. Like the whole thing is yeah. like, it, it, it really pacing wise, it really pops. And I think that it, it, there's no one gag that lasts more than like 30 seconds tops. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, and there's certainly, I mean, it just, it feeds to the whole language, you know, of the, yeah, you see, you know, basically the ones that the, the yeah, yeah. language that they're using, cause they're just, you know, literally for the most part is they're just throwing one liners back and forth at each other. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, ripoffs, which I mean, like 90% of the script is that. And like maybe 10% is actual storytelling because I mean, it's, it's all on screen that you're watching. You can kind of tell what's happening. And the only yeah. quiet parts are when there's a bit like, you know, actually, no, there's, there's even a joke going on when, um, uh, uh, when Kelly is putting together the uh, the gun from parts that he's he's getting from uh, uh, he's getting from prisoners as he walks down death row, oh, yeah. um, there's the guy that doesn't clearly doesn't know Latin pretending to be a priest. Yes. Um, and so, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it it really it's funny because uh, this kind of movie doesn't exist much anymore, except when you go to the really like the really, really low quality end of the spectrum. Uh, yeah. um, like in terms of the number of jokes per minute and uh, the, the kind of manic energy that it has, you would have to go to like the scary movie school of yeah. comedy. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the same thing. With, I like, that's, that's the movie I was thinking of when I was like, what's, you know, what, what's like, what's the modern equivalent of yeah, yeah. and that's, and that's it where they're, you know, there's the parodies except they, they don't do cutaway gags as the parody. They do the develop into the film, which yeah. I, I, I've never been, I guess when scary movie came out, I think it was like a standalone and it was funny enough. Um, yeah. I was, I, but I was still like, well, Mel, Mel, uh, Mel blank. Mel Brooks is doing things like this, but except he's doing the whole bit, you know I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. no, it's a, I mean, it's a parody it, of a, you know, which, you know, I, well, I mean, scary, scary movie was literally a parody of a parody because it was riding the success of scream, which in and of itself was a an incredibly self-aware movie. Has, has it just been the sequels that have done that? Or uh, did scary movie also have other films like other types of films in it? Cause I thought that the sequels have, or am I thinking of the, was it, they did one of like the hero movie or something like that, where it's just like, there's been so many. I, I, yeah. I, it's by that same, I think it's by that yeah. same production crew. Um, yeah. They have the, the producers in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The producers have like a, like a, a particular brand that they did yeah. for, I, I think at this point they're dead, but uh, not, <laughs> not, not the producers, but the brand. Um, yeah. Or but the the, uh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, they 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 had a certain kind of movie they did, and and it was diminishing returns in a lot of ways for most of the run. Every now and again, you would have one that would get popular, you know. But yeah, yeah I, I I honestly can't tell you any specific thing about any of them because <laughs> yeah. I know I've seen at least a few, and I didn't like any of them. Yeah. Uh, and I guess part that's that's part of it is that it's like you know I it, for whatever reason this wasn't for me, and. I can look back at things like 
UHF and be like, no, it's it's literally it's it's the same basic idea, but better executed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny because most 80s comedies have elements that haven't aged well. Uh, b both of these managed to mostly avoid that, and I think it's because in, in UHF's instance, it's just so absurd. Yeah. All the stuff that doesn't age well, it doesn't age well not because it's like not funny anymore or not because it's offensive, <laughs> but it doesn't age well because you, you don't remember the references. Yeah. And so there's a lot of things where uh, if you don't get the reference, it's still like the manic energy of it is still like funny or funny-ish. Yeah. Uh, and, and so there's n like, it's not that thing where it's just like, I don't know what's going on here. Like even a movie like <laughs> airplane, uh, yeah. there's, there's certain things because, and I think part of that is that, that the air, like the airport movies died after airplane. Yeah. And so you get the, the thing where there's like, there's so many things in airplane where you're just like, I mean, I, I kind of know what they're doing here, <laughs> but it, it's yeah, really I mean only I mean, to an extent, like, you know, in both of these, but, uh, you know, even uh, even more so um, uh, Johnny Dangerously is that there, there's still the physical humor to lay over. I mean, again, it's like Python where it's just like, you know, it's, there's like every time you rewatch things, even like Animaniacs as yeah. well, like animated wise, like every, you can watch it every five years and get something new out of it, you know, and whether or not uh, everything still works or not is, you know, is a different question, but you're like, Oh, holy shit. Sometimes you, yeah, you know, especially exactly. when you watch like Animaniacs and you're like, Jesus fucking Christ. They, what they made that joke. <laughs> like they made that Prince joke, but anyway, but, um, but, uh, um, that, uh, there's, you know, there's certainly layers here. I mean, in Johnny dangerously, like, I think every time I rewatch it, I notice there's like a bit in the background or there's, you know, there's some different developed leather. It's not as, it's not as deep as like a, a Python, like yeah, uh, yeah. some of the the better Python sketches or the, or more more along the lines of the movies where, um, you know they're, you know I mean like it'll be funny because they're doing a silly walk, but then it'll be funnier because once you understand British parliamentary system, then yeah, it's, you know yeah, exactly. like that sort of thing. Like there's there's nothing nothing at that level in either of these movies. Um, um, no, I mean a lot of it boils down. Like a lot of the stuff that gets better with rewatching is just because you get older and you watch. Like you know, there's so much stuff in Johnny Dangerously that comes from the golden age of Hollywood. Yeah, and I think the first time, not the first time, but like the first time I watched this, probably I was too young to get seventy percent of the jokes, and it was mostly yeah. just like, look how silly everybody is. Yeah. Uh, but you know, by like 1990, 91, when I was watching it more like you know a second or third time and when it started to pop up in on comedy central years later uh a lot of my like baseline for some of the jokes was coming from like the angels with dirty faces like the fake movie in home alone because it yeah. was like oh yeah look it's it's that kind of movie and so i got what they were doing you know yeah and then it develops another layer once you've actually seen a bunch of like golden age of Hollywood movies. And you're like, Oh yeah, I see this guy's speci specifically supposed to be this actor and like yeah. the James Cagney joke. And you know, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny. I'm trying to think of like what doesn't hold up. Uh, there's, there's not a whole lot. Uh, I think that, uh, with UHF, um, 
you'll have certain people who watch it now and who are just like the Rambo thing goes too long or did we really need to have an entire music video? Um, <laughs> but I definitely remember like as a kid and especially as a kid who watched it because I liked weird Al yeah. that like the music video in the middle of it. I'm like, I wish we had two more of these, yeah. you know? I mean, I'm, it, it does it rewatching UHF again, like for the first time in a while. Um, I, I'm actually, so it made me think, I'm like, why the, fuck haven't we had another uhf movie yeah. like now like i got up until 10 years ago i was just like well yeah no uhf didn't do anything and hollywood you know learns their lesson but a hollywood doesn't learn their lesson anymore when it comes to yeah. like remakes yeah. or like giving a person another film if they're like you know if they're like whatever and i don't think that like i think it's been like weird al has had a new resurgence um you know thanks to like reddit and you know and just internet yeah. popularity um and just appearing at <laughs> what is he i'm trying to remember what he's done lately that that has gotten him well he uh he, do, um, he did I mean, when he had his last studio album which is now his officially his last studio album because his contract ran out and he was just like yeah music isn't distributed this way anymore especially yeah. parody music uh, like that, that's been a thing for him is that he's constantly competing with people on YouTube who may, maybe aren't as good as him, yeah. but who in a lot of cases have the same or a similar idea and can knock it out in an afternoon because they don't have to be as good as him. They just have to yeah. be funny. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like the, the practice of waiting a year and a half to put together a record is just not plausible anymore. Yeah. And so, but when he did that, he did a really good, like he, he did a tour of every fucking late night show on the planet and he did a, a world tour and he went to Comic-Con and like he had the thing where he, uh, I think he crowdsourced a bunch of videos. So it was basically like, Hey, make a video for this and, and I'll feature you on the YouTube channel and give you, you know, 50 bucks or something. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm literally just making up that number, but I, I, you know, <laughs> But so like, it's just, he seems to be kind of trying to reinvent himself so that the end of his studio career doesn't mean the end of his music career. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 it's, it, it seems like he should, I mean, it's, and it just, again, it's like so weird, especially considering like the people that grew up on him are the age at which they produce things, you know, yeah. like they're now pro like the, the people who are inspired as, as younger, like I feel like now they're, you know, the Rogans and the, you know, yeah, people yeah. are producing large shows. And so just, and it's just surprising because it's like, if, if MST3K got another resurgence, like, I mean, I guess it's, it's want, I, I guess maybe I can't imagine like, you know, the amount that you go through and make a film and do a whole thing. And then you're like, Oh, no one actually wanted it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, which, you know, I mean, I think longevity wise has been proven untrue, you know, but, um, but uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's one of those things that, because it, I think it, it, it like this film like UHF would be so cheap to make now. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I mean like I, I, you know, you think about like Jurassic game, you know, like the films that we watch on a regular basis, they're done yeah. for a million bucks. And I'm like, I think weird Al could kickstart a $3 million film. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, I mean like if, if, if he, I mean, and at least he could make a film for a million bucks, because I think that also you'd have like at least a dozen different people that would be like, yeah, sure. I'll just, pop in for a cameo yeah which is exactly. all he needs for most things but anyway but yeah maybe there is hopefully but yeah see this is we should we should tag him in this tweet and say this, this <laughs> well, is our idea yeah let's um, do it <laughs> but I got, uh, I got video cameras <laughs> yeah uh 
as opposed to to Michael Keaton, who will never do a Johnny Dangerously movie again because <laughs> he he he's he's an award winning actor now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I kind of feel like his version of slumming it is doing a Spider Man movie. <laughs> And even then he's like the, you know, uh, the, he's very actorly in that, in that yeah, one. Yeah. Like he's not even like complete, he's not like Willem Dafoe, uh, like we're yeah, just exactly. like, I'm Willem Dafoe, <laughs> which was basically his. I'm going to go full Nick Cage and Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> which is ironic like, because Nick Cage oh, then was yeah. more, <laughs> Nick Cage was actually more subdued in Spider-Man yes. into the Spider-Verse. Than... Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do that on purpose. Yeah. But uh but yeah, I mean it's funny, uh in, in both of these instances you have character or you have actors. I, I don't I don't think anybody in these movies who plays a, a really significant role has like passed away or completely retired from show business other than Peter Boyle, who was he passed away in the movie. Um yeah. and but so it's like theoretically you could put these casts back together if you wanted to, although I do feel like it, it, it wouldn't be worth the trouble. <laughs> like, uh, first of all, you have Joe Piscopo and uh, uh, Victoria Jackson and Michael Richards, who are not, all liabilities yeah. to anything they're involved in. And also P Joe Piscopo, not to be confused with Joe Pesci. Uh, which yeah, is... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Ironically, the way that and, and you know, it's funny because she was like, oh, Joe Pesci's in this. And I was like, yeah, of course he is. Why not? Uh, not it took even... me like literally half the film and I'm like. I feel like I'd remember Joe Pesci being, I mean, like it would yeah, make complete yeah, sense exactly. that he might be, have a cameo or something. And I, I just don't remember it, but like, I feel like I've seen the film enough times that I remember that. <laughs> exactly. And that's probably why it didn't click with me until like <laughs> yeah. a little bit later than halfway, because it was just like, Oh yeah, I've, I haven't seen this movie in 20 years. And so yeah. <laughs> when she looked at the back and said, Oh, Joe Pesci's in this. Yeah. I'll watch it. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, uh, uh, which is it was fine because everybody liked the movie anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, I, I again kind of in the same vein as Spider Verse. Uh, I'm I'm trying to kind of struggle to be like, what can we, like, what can we talk about in this movie that isn't just like, hey, yeah, this has aged really well. Uh, but I think that the 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 basic lesson of it is that hey, yeah, these have aged really well, and that probably the thing you can take away from these movies having aged so well is the fact that it had an absurdist sensibility. It wasn't totally bogged down in the time period. Uh, in the case of UHF, most of the things they chose to parody that were of the time were things that were these kind of massive monolithic cultural things that still have some cachet years later. Yeah. Like, yeah, most people are not going to remember the whole thing with uh, Al Capone's glove compartment or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but... I I think enough, I mean, I think enough, uh, um, enough people will get the bit of like, and, it, and, it, and that like the jokes that, I mean, luckily for, um, uh, with UHF, like mm -hmm. particularly like the jokes that, um, um, that they, that maybe wouldn't last, yeah. um, were short. Like that was a, that was a literally like a, uh, what, like an eight second, second joke. Bit. Yeah. 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 And, and it was like, and the other thing is too, he's like roadmap. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so and similarly, like, it, off of that anyway, so. it's, it's funny because like, uh, in, in the trivia for, cause I actually went and I looked on IMDb at the trivia for this movie, which like I said, because of the, uh, because of the commentary track, there's just so much stuff on the trivia. It's literally not worth, 
trying to like break down like the best of these. Cause it's like, yeah, it, you could just fill the whole fucking, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, one of the things about it is that they go really broad in those moments. Yeah. And so, but so like on, in the comment or in, in the, the, the trivia thing, one of the things it says is like, most people probably won't remember the shave or the uh, Remington ad where it was like, I like the razors so much. I bought the company. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't matter because that ad campaign was so iconic that people don't remember that it was Remington, but they remember that ad campaign or they're yeah. aware of that ad campaign. Well, there's also been, I mean, that Air club for men did the same thing. Yeah, exactly. There's been so many bits that people have copied that idea. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's worked even if it's, you know, trickle down, uh, humor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it's just, it, it's just one of those things I, I will say, uh, there were a handful of, there were a handful of things uh, that you, you you see in this thing that was like almost castings where yeah. it's like, uh, apparently one of the guys that uh, George blows up when he's doing the Rambo thing yeah. was supposed to be Sylvester Stallone oh. and Stallone agreed to it uh, and then just couldn't make it because of a scheduling conflict. Yeah. Um, and similarly, uh, they wanted uh, Crispin Glover to be Philo, who, of course, by the way, is named after Philo Farnsworth, the inventor <laughs> of the television. But uh, uh, they wanted Crispin Glover for Philo, and Glover uh, didn't want to be Philo. He wanted to play Crazy Eddie. Uh, <laughs> and and Weird Al and Jay Levy didn't think that he was right for Crazy Eddie, and they probably didn't want to pay Crispin Glover money in 1989 for... Yeah. A, a bit part that would be like four seconds of screen time. Yeah. Uh, so they, they said not to, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, lots and lots of, of kind of fun. It, it is one of those movies where it's funny because UHF isn't as fast paced in terms of the jokes as Johnny dangerously is with Johnny dangerously. It's like every single line is a joke, at least because like, the line read is a joke because you know as you've said before it's like so much of this boils down to uh the the old hollywood accents like they they sell it as a gag even when it's kind of a nothing line yeah yeah and they they, they it, every line for the most part is written so that it'll be funny or to be in context or to be whatever yeah you know, where the and the delivery is i mean like one thing you know it's like piscopo is is great at the delivery here at least you know even though yeah. he's a terrible human being but um yeah, yeah true but. but but yeah so it's just, it's it's and it's funny because joe piscopo just has that face of an 80s villain yeah uh, <laughs> like uh, was he was he one of the bad guys in caddyshack or maybe, maybe it was uh maybe it was uh, maybe it was uh fast times i just i just i feel like he's one of those actors who i'm just like yeah he's been like the preppy asshole and oh you know what i'm thinking of uh the golf movie with uh uh, Adam Sandler, Happy Gilmore. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that like that's just the face that he has. Like he just looks like he's supposed to be that. It's kind of like, uh, uh, oh god, now I'm blanking on his name. He was the vice president on the West Wing, and he's directed a bunch of TV. He was uh, Alan in uh, in Fletch. Uh, oh god, I, yeah, I. Uh, uh, but yeah, that, that actor, uh, similarly, Tim, Tim, shoot, 
but yeah, uh, like it's that like that guy. You look at him and it's just like uh, it's just like yeah, he was a bad guy in every '80s movie ever made, and you just need Tim Matheson. Thank you. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Um, who, in addition to uh, the things that I mentioned, was in was bad guys in Animal House and a very Brady sequel. <laughs> of course. Uh, He's just one of those guys too. You look at his career and you're just like, wow, man, you've got a lot going on. Cause like he's probably acted in like 3000 fucking things, yeah. but then he's directed everything from like episodes of leave it to beaver to yeah. like psych and the good fight. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually something I, I found interesting about um, Johnny dangerously. And I think that that's one of the reasons it, it like the writing is so solid. Usually when you see four writing credits, um, yeah, yeah. on anything. Uh, I mean, obviously in comedies, it's a little less dangerous because yeah, because you get a writer's room together to riff. Yeah, and and yeah. so literally, even if there are seventeen writers in that room, all of them don't get WGA credits or you know whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, but um, there's four of them, and I think like three out of four of them wrote. Um, I mean, obviously, like what, uh, Norman Steinberg was uh, one of the writer. I think either one of the probably one of the writers on Blazing Saddles. So speaking ah, yeah. of, um, but like. Jesus, like back into the seventies and back into the sixties, um, like your standard TV shows, uh, like Cosby, uh, you know, Co well, next actually in the nineties, uh, was yeah. Cosby, but, um, where let's see, I'm trying to find the other dude. Um, I think it was Harry. No, not Harry Columby, but anyway, but, uh, like these guys have been writing comedies, like for TV show, which usually has to be a little bit more, you know, yeah, yeah. Movies because they, they have a 30, you know, 30 hours. Yeah. Yeah. Here's uh Bernie uh, cook off. Um, like Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy Durante pre presents the, the lemon Lennon sisters back in 1969. <laughs> he wrote an episode of Las Vegas, like the 1967 show yeah, yeah. He wrote for the Glenn, for the Glenn Cam Campbell, good time hours. It's like, nice. Oh yeah, Touch of Grace, like you know, like a lot of these shows that yeah. oh, Operation Petticoat, Detective School. So, like, I wonder if they literally brought him in was just like, we just need you to write all the yeah, you see here, yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. And then of course he also wrote diff different uh, several episodes of uh, no, he's a creator of different strokes. Uh -huh. That's interesting. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, it, it, it is funny to see. I'm, I'm looking at the, the writers. Two out of the four writers. Too, are, yeah. Actually, two out of the four writers uh, created uh, different strokes or wrote for different strokes. Nice. Uh, Jeff Harris also did too. What the fuck? Which I guess makes <laughs> sense because this was like the tail end of different strokes' run, right? Because that was like late <laughs> 70s, early 80s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 1978 to uh, 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 86. So, yeah, yeah this, so this movie was shot yeah, during 84. The yeah. end of different strokes. Yeah. Yeah. Last year. <laughs> yeah, created by Jeff Harris and Bernie Kulkoff, who yeah. who were two of the four credited writers on this. Yeah. You're probably right in both instances. Probably these two older guys were yeah. essentially brought in to be like, hey, give us old-timey dialogue. that Like, <laughs> take our jokes and make them sound like they, they would be the yeah. golden age of Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, but yeah. That's again, like it's always interesting looking back at these things. Again, I was I was really I was kind of surprised actually. Usually when we pick on like a cinematographer or an editor or something like that, you'll you'll pull up their resume and it'd be like, holy crap. Yeah. And so I re I fully expected when I went looking for the editor of UHF's resume to be like, oh wow, he did mash or some crazy. Well, I mean, mash. I mean, like speaking of like 
And, and I think that, uh, you know, one of the reasons that both of these still stand up, um, you know, even for us who are fans of them, you know, I mean, yeah. because uh, is the fact that they're solidly made. Like, oh, yeah. It, they're not, you know, I mean, like I like Hudson Hawk. I, I, I always, you know, I use Hudson Hawk as kind of the go-to example of a, of a not amazing film <laughs> that I love, you know, like, and I love it for reasons. Um, but like, I love both of these films. I'm uh, vaguely even, I'm really evangelical about uh, Johnny Dangerously usually because uh, honestly, a little bit of it's a like, especially for people I just met sometimes. It's one of those films where I'm like, I get to gauge whether we have the same humor or not yeah <laughs> like do we both have the same old timey humor or at least can you get it because like i like these because i mean well i mean essentially both of them are jokes about the film industry or yeah, tv yeah. you know one's film one's tv um and or you know i mean whatever both are tv whatever but um but uh you know and that's you know that's at least where my you know both of our humor base yeah, comes from yeah. like 90 percent of our our our, our jokes and humor are not original. Um, so. yeah, I mean, it's the, the fact that the fact that so much of our like college comedy yeah. sensibility was shaped by Kevin Smith, it's like, yes, referential humor is where it's at. <laughs> and so, um, but, um, and so, but one of the fact, you know, it's like, like airplane is a solidly made film. It's, it's a bit boring in the, in the filmmaking, not just, and then I think a lot of that, it just has to do with, it's on a fucking airplane. Like, right. Yeah. And, there's there's, and it's not an action film. So, but I mean like the physical comedy and the things like that, I mean like the editing, you know, it knows pacing really well. You know, I mean the writing makes up for the filmmaking better more than anything else, but in both of these play tricks on, you know, I mean like, again, the, the opening sequence when, you know, he, they drive into the title credits, which like, if that to me, it's like one of those, like that was the first joke. I just like, I saw the scene, and yeah. it's been it's been a while since I watched Johnny Dangerous because I kind of like realized that I was relatively drained from it, and I'm like I'm gonna ignore this film for a little yeah. while, even though even though it's always like a film that I'm like oh I could turn that on right now, um, because it's a film I can ignore and the dialogue's witty enough that you know you don't have to pay attention to it. Yeah. But that opening scene where it's just like you know it's one of those jokes that it like you get to kind of I almost I know what happens so like you kind of watch other people in the room like yeah, the, yeah. I, the only reason I, mean, I like I think it was actually good that we actually had uh two people in the room um watching it because like I we, we don't ever have that like it's usually yeah, just no. us and we know like I can be pretty goddamn sure at this point that Russ is gonna laugh at this joke yeah <laughs> or get this reference or whatever I don't even <laughs> usually have to like tell you beforehand and be like, Oh, do you, do you remember? Did you see that or whatever? This is one, you know, one of the reasons we do almost no prep for this show. Yeah, um, yeah, also exactly. because you know, we're, you know, whatever, but uh, <laughs> incredibly lazy. We're just so good at this. Yeah. We don't have to, I walk in the room and I know what to say, uh, which is why we're usually like silent, like looking on IMDb. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> 20% of this show is like, scrolling of a mouse <laughs> but i mean to be fair that's like every film podcast I <laughs> yeah 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 but um uh this is the only film podcast i listen to though so yeah, uh because fair. the only time i listen to it is right now um I, but <laughs> I, I listen to tomato tomato which oh. uh, Anna anderson hosts and i listen to the uh the youtube videos that uh allison pregler obscurus lupa does yeah and uh 
Uh, Obscurus Lupus is actually fun because you'll get the thing where she's like, wait, was that this guy? Uh, hold on. And then, and then like <laughs> just hard cut. And it's like, okay, everybody. Yes, that was that guy. Pretend we didn't just turn off the camera and go on. on <laughs> but I mean, anyway, one of my, like the, the long, the, the arc of that conversation yeah, about yeah. them being solidly made films is like, I mean, like you look at, you know, I mean, UHF, uh, UHF is basically like a solidly made, um, you know, all of all of um, um, Weird Al's music videos are always fucking fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, they're not high production value uh, or, you know, I mean, or if there's the bit like they match the bit, like either yeah. they're super high production value if that's what they're parroting or they're super low if that, you know, whatever, yeah. or if they want to make a contrast, whatever. Which it, is it probably why fun. Jay Levy, who did so many of those videos, exactly. being a first time director and doing this movie, yeah, it, it was, like nothing feels like it was ready yeah. to fall. Like although, the wheels although, didn't feel like they were going to yeah. fall off. <laughs> which though is amazing though, because that's his first length movie. I mean, like, and going from a three minute, like full out charge, everything, you know, like, which yeah. is what you do in a three or four or five minute video or whatever, like, as opposed to a full hour that, and this isn't even, even though there is like maybe five minute blocks or whatever, there's like five minutes and there's a cutaway, there's whatever. It's still not even, it's not even like family guy where there's a, either a lot of them or, but also, you know, obviously because family guys television, um, mm. you know, it's what eight minutes, uh, or what's, what's a, yeah, uh, it's like eight minutes, I think is a standard TV. Yeah. Commercials or seven. Yeah, minutes. I think so. And then, but like, usually there'll be at least one or two cutaways to get them out of the scene. And also they have like five different storylines because they have four different, you know, four right. Five different so characters, characters and yeah. like every, you know, like every, like the Simpsons or whatever else, you know, but, um, you know, but it's, it, I'm actually incredibly impressed at how a solid, it's not an Oscar winner, but it's like, it's a solid fucking film, uh, yeah. that you would expect, you know, a, you know, guy who's has like a bunch of these films under his belt. Yeah. Um, and, and like, you can look at even, you know, look at IMDb again, talk about yeah. like all the, the continuity gaps and stuff like that. Like there's a handful of them, but it's all nothing stuff. It's all like, Hey, when he breaks out of the storage <laughs> closet, the bandana's not on him anymore and it breaks out. It's like, well, yeah, he just broke out. Who's like, <laughs> who's to say he didn't drop it, or take it off or anything. <laughs> I also always feel it's probably like a, what a $3 million film. Like if that, but like, anyway, like continuity, like, yeah, yeah. but also it's a fucking comedy. Like, um, yeah. but Although, in, in, I do remember uh, listening to the commentary track. And in the first few minutes, weird Al points <laughs> out that, uh, the the guy whose arm gets whipped off in the Indiana Jones parody, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's his left arm, oh. but it's it's the the fake arm that's on the ground is a right arm. <laughs> <laughs> Which one of the problems is that it's like, like since it's making fun of television, like and it's making fun of like usually low budget or like yeah, movie yeah. stuff. Like I don't know if I'd ever catch any of that stuff because I'd be like, ah, it's a right arm, like exactly. <laughs> well, that, that's the thing. It's like. Uh, it's like the right arm thing. And then there's yeah. like all kinds of other stuff in, in that sequence where it's like, yeah. there's a sign that's there when you want it to be. And then when you don't need the joke yeah. anymore, it's gone. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, is that a continuity error? Or is that just because like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a comedy. We don't need that anymore. Cause the joke is done. Yeah. Like just for like, you know, and this is not a movie that I think anybody's taking super seriously. So as long as your continuity errors don't affect the actual continuity of the story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it is, it is, uh, um, like look, and then Johnny dangerously, you know, talking about it's again, it's a solid made film. It's, it's at minimum as good film. Uh, if you were to just like watch it, uh, or 
some reason not take it funny and just be right, like right. whatever they're all serious and they're moving the plot it's at least as good as a solidly made um detective you know a, a gangster film yeah uh you know like you, this would be one that'd be like oh it's on t you know tier classic movies let's watch it um you know and a lot of that is again like which i'm surprised um because you do, and, and i get this is you know one of the reasons is like i don't know in these kind of comedies um you don't get the better cinematographers and editors always yeah. in. I mean, you, I mean, you'll get usually a better, hopefully you'll get, well, actually, you know what you won't. I mean, like with uh, like old school and stuff like that, like the comedies, you won't get a good editor. Yeah. You get literally a person who, you know, does a layout and, and they always do a solid job not to, they're doing their job. Like yeah. they're not a bad editor. It's just, they're doing their job. Like, um, <clears throat> which um, uh, every frame of painting does, uh, I think I probably talked about it a million times because I yeah. love every episode that he that that guy, that dude does. But it is a really good um, point about uh, how important editing is in comedy, mm. um, especially in comedy, because like the difference between um, the difference between the uh, Simon Pegg films and and say like uh, the Will Ferrell comedies and that sort of thing, where it's just yeah. like no one cares, like you know, or you know the big the big one that they always, that that he talks about is the how are you going to get somebody that, that that basically that's the part of his essay for this one is like, how yeah. are you going to get a character from point A to point B? Yeah. Like, and yeah. you can look at um, Shaun of the dead, which they use that great train, the mm. train gag, you know, where it's like the cell and the cell phone goes down every time, or you can go to miss congeniality and it's just an overhead shot with a B camera crew, um, you know, going over a bridge and a skyline and boom, you're there. Yeah. Um, and it's like, well, that's a missed opportunity. That's 30 seconds that no one's laughing. No one's doing whatever. And maybe they're running out to go to the bathroom and they've, yeah. or they just lost or whatever. Uh, which is why I think Shaun of the dead, you know, you rewatch that film, you know, even though there's been other zombie, there's been a billion zombie parodies, there's zombie yeah. parody TV shows. And like, I am, I'm personally, um, zombied the fuck out. <laughs> like, I will go see World War, uh, you know, World War Z two, because whatever it's the big blockbuster. I'm sure we'll, yeah. I'm sure we'll review it. Um, and and whatever, I'll probably enjoy it. It's, I mean, well, I de well, actually, you know what? I forgot. Fincher's directing it now, so we'll certainly go see it because yeah. it's one of those like, what the fuck is this going to be like? Yeah, seriously. Um, but you know, I mean, like that's a film that now that I'm talking about it, I'm like, I, I, when we're done with this, I think I'm going to watch it <laughs> because because I'm like, Jesus Christ, I've just convinced myself very easily and very quickly to be like, I've seen this film probably as many times as I've watched Johnny Dangerously or you know UHF, but it's good. But um, with uh, um, Johnny Dangerously, it is I can't. I can't believe uh, uh, the editor is uh, Pembroke Keering, who fucking was the editor on Out of Africa, <laughs> Torah, Torah, Torah. Nice. <laughs> like the dude probably is an Academy Award or two. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, he also um, amazingly uh, edited uh, uh, Vacation, um, the uh, um, which which one is it? European. Uh, or it's just vaca uh, it's vacation, right? It's just I well, European National Lampoon's vacation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Yeah. The first. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then Groundhog's Day, which um, is funny because Heckerling, the director of this movie, did yeah. European, but not the original Vacation. Weird. <laughs> split with um, her. Split with her cinematographer, and he got the best end of that deal. Yeah. <laughs> but also, uh, David Walsh, the cinematographer, did What About Bob? 
Uh, well, he was a camera. He was a cameraman, electrical. So he's a probably B. Um, but he also did, um, which at some point we should talk about. It, and I don't know if you've ever. I forget whether you've ever seen this or not. Murder by Death. Oh yeah, I love Murder by oh, Death. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's, I forgot. I have a couple friends that that they're big Clue fans. Yeah, and yeah. They've never seen Murder by Death, and I'm like, oh my god, you got to see Murder by Death. Yeah, it's like, well, I, I it just sounds like the same thing. And I'm like, no, it's not. They're I used to have that on the, the CED discs. You remember the big ones that you yes. flipped halfway through? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had that on those. Mm. Uh, and actually, it's it's funny because you, you, I, I wouldn't have necessarily made the connection, but as you're bringing it up, these movies are very much the precursor to, uh, you know, it's easy to say they're the precursor to like scary movie, and there's an element yeah. of truth to that. But probably because of how well shot they are, how well considered they are like it, it, this is kind of proto uh edgar wright yeah uh, in in a lot of ways it's like yeah this is like you you can see big chunks of like you could see edgar wright doing johnny dangerously if he had yeah. decided to take on like n you know 30s gangster movies instead of bad boys 2 <laughs> yeah yeah but uh, now, now I'm I'm like quickly googling and being like, did he ever <laughs> like he ever commented? Because that actually would be like, I, I would actually love to talk to him about both of these films yeah. to see if he, you know, I'm sure that I mean, there's a lot of other better, probably just as good examples, and I'm sure, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, you know, having a different background, he probably gets his reference obviously bases from a different place, but um, it is one of those films that uh. It's it's one of the you know it's funny I bought the Johnny Dangerously yeah. DVD so we could do this and I, I it has uh, I, I I I'd have to double check to make sure but I'm pretty sure it has basically no real features yeah. like not not much at all yeah. and it's like I, that's the kind of thing like I would love to have a commentary track on this movie from the real director I'd also love to have a commentary track on this movie from people like Edgar Wright and just kind yeah. of like how Kevin Smith did the commentary track on Spaced. It was just like, hey, I'm coming to this from the, the perspective of both a fan and a professional appreciator of this who like rips off a bunch of the gags. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Any final thoughts? Because I, I feel like we've been kind of, uh, except for the Edgar Wright revelation, kind yeah. of going in, going in circles for the last little bit. Yeah, no, I mean, these are, um, I mean, I probably recommended these a bit, um, you know, when we, I know I recommended UHF. I, I'm just yeah, trying yeah, to remember, I'm sure we've mentioned trying these to remember before. I had a copy of Johnny Dangerously because it, yeah. I think it was a, I think it was a film that had like weird, like VHS and DVD distribution, or it just maybe wasn't easy to find because it was less of a, it's considerably less of a, um, um, uh, you know, a, a fan film. Yeah, like, yeah. UHF, like, you know, you don't have to... Yeah, you know. UHF was a theatrical failure, but it's always, from the moment it was released, been a cult classic. Yeah. Uh, there's always been an audience for it. And when it was out of circulation, it was only because MGM and Orion were having money problems, and so the rights to a bunch of their movies got tied up. Uh, yeah. Whereas with Johnny Dangerously, it's entirely possible that Fox just didn't see the upside to releasing it for a chunk of time. <laughs> Sorry, I just was searching for the things, and I came on a uh, came on a Tumblr of uh, gifts from Johnny Dangerously. Nice. <laughs> and somebody somebody just made the comment. Did you know your last name is an adverb? <laughs> you know, it's funny. One thing about this this movie that I will say is, I remembered that line as mm -hmm. being a runner. Like in my head, I felt like a lot of people had said that. Yeah, and it really isn't. It's 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 said once, yeah. uh, and and it's just one of those things where I'm like, wow, that that's kind of 
oddly specific, like, uh, uh, what do you call it? Mandela effect. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, all right. So, uh, Z, uh, where can people find you on the wide world of webs? <laughs> um, kind of wanted to make a spider-man joke there but i got nothing um i uh you can find me at uh, zd roberts on twitter you can find my photo work at zdroberts.com and a lot of my news work at visu.news that's visu.news and you can find me uh, at russ burlingame on twitter it's r-u-s-s-b-u-r-l-i-n-g-a-m-e that's really long and i'm not going to repeat it so <laughs> emeraldcityvideo.net or ecv underscore podcast for the emerald city video podcast on twitter i do lots of other podcasts but uh you know what just go to ecv they probably all retweet each other and and that way i don't have to run them all down so thanks for listening everybody be back here by noon on the fifth day for more from emerald city video and always remember to rewind your cassettes A C E